How you doing, Greg? I'm well. So I didn't disrupt you from your, your grad school duties, right? I, I know you're in grad school at UW-Madison, but I, don't you have a paper due or something like that? Am I, am I interrupting you? No, it's all good. And this is not a full course load. This is uh, <laughs> a mere three credits. So, But it's funny how you're, you're like, man, I don't know how the heck I did it back in the day doing football and class. I mean, this is easy compared to that, but it's been fun, too. It's an athletic administration course, so I've enjoyed it. What's the paper on? Uh, we got to kind of choose our topic, which is one of the nice things everyone says about grad school and so far so true is you can kind of cater it to your interests rather than this is what it is and this is what it has to be. So I chose to do mine on student services. So in other words, everything under the sun for um, an athletic department uh, as far as academics, um, sports nutrition, sports and conditioning. And nowadays, actually, a lot of these programs have sports psychology and career development wings as well, where there's full-time positions. So I'm trying to do a comprehensive paper on how all those things are tied together. Well, you might be able to use the Packers as a case study for sports psychology. It's uh, it's certainly been an interesting 48 hours here, Scott. What was your reaction to the news that Mike McCarthy was fired? Obviously a guy who was uh, instrumental in in, uh, your career continuing as long as it did, uh, and a guy who had a lot of trust in you. What was your reaction? Yeah, for sure it was a shock. Um, I think you know, having gone to school for five years at UW-Madison and then, you know, playing three years for the Packers, I mean, that's that's all we know, you know, and it, as much as a lot of people in the state is Packers and Mike McCarthy, those names are synonymous with one another. So um, a big surprise, and, you know, I've having played seven years in the NFL and, like I said, another five in college, you, you realize that um, there's a family side to this thing, and, yeah, these guys are football coaches, but there's a family aspect of it too. And um, it opens your eyes, having been in the business for so long, of how much turnover there is for coaches and and their families and what they're what they go through. I and mean, that's the stuff that doesn't make the headlines. Is oh well, guess what? Now you've got to find you know a new job and then potentially uproot your family. Yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. And you know, luckily for um, coach, he hasn't had to do that uh, recently, but uh, and for good reason. I mean, I, I think very highly of Coach McCarthy and um, looked at him as more than just a football coach, as a great human being. I'm sure you guys see in the media as well, like just a really wholesome guy. I mean, almost like, you know, it kind of reminds me of just your uncle. Um, and uh, so for that, it's always difficult to see that because you know the personal side of things that they have to go through um, and you wouldn't wish that on anybody much less a great person uh, great character guy like Mike Mark Murphy used the term it had run its course others have looked at Aaron Rodgers as one of the reasons McCarthy was fired overall team performance down this year in your time playing for Mike McCarthy and being alongside Aaron Rodgers in the quarterback room did you ever get the sense that their relationship was was toxic or, or this doesn't seem right or, or anything like that? Yeah, no, I mean, it's been described like this before, and, and I see eye to eye with the description of, I mean, I come from, I have two brothers and a dad, and he was our coach growing up all through uh, youth sports, and it reminded me of just, the same relationship I had with my brothers and my dad is like you're together so much and you know each other so well. Um, 
there's highs and there's lows, but ultimately, like, you can be very transparent with one another because you know each other so well. So I think, you know, having been on four different NFL teams, um, you know, Aaron and Mike, in, in my opinion, now, like, like I said, you always got to take this with a grain of salt because this was three years ago and, I'm, you know, things can change. Um, but the way I saw it was they were very transparent with one another. And it, um, so maybe stuff maybe seemed a little bit more edgy potentially because they were open with each other because they had been together, had been together so long, you know, and I've been other places where the quarterbacks hide everything from, uh, their quarterback coaches, um, and coordinators and that sort of thing. Um, so I, you know, I hate to be the, the boring guy, but, I mean, I didn't. I never viewed it as an issue by any stretch of the imagination. Two really competitive guys with, by the way, a ton of success together. Um, and I think it was, in my opinion, just more something to nitpick, uh, just you know, to make a story. But like I said, that's just my opinion. Former Packers quarterback Scott Tolzien joining us on Sports Central, presented by Miller Lite. I, I want to peek behind the curtain of the offense here, Scott, because you understand this offense very well. And certainly it has changed, I think, slightly uh, in the, since the time that you have played, but maybe not dramatically enough for this thing to really be a juggernaut again. A uh, different cast of characters, to be sure. If you were to describe Mike McCarthy's offense, what is it predicated on? How would you answer that question? Sure. Um, it, I think you made a good point there saying that, you know, I, I haven't played there in three years, and, and this year specifically I've only watched about 50% of the game action, so I don't want to speak out of turn. But that'd be the first thing that comes to mind is a West Coast system. I mean, you look at Mike's lineage, and it's very similar to – I shouldn't say very similar. That would be wrong. Uh, but the the principles go back to the 49ers and Bill Walsh and the True West Coast system. Now, obviously, everything uh, changes over the years. You, you add some things, you tweak some things, you cater to your strengths of your players. Um, but at the core, it's a West Coast system um, where you try to get the ball out quick. And, you know, when I was there, there wasn't even a seven-step drop in the offense. There was no such thing. Um, and then, obviously, we, you know, Everyone wants the, the hot term in NFL right now is RPO, run pass option. Well, I mean, when we were there, we were doing that stuff. So, um, you know, I, I think it's a West Coast system, but there are principles of that stuff, too, that have actually been around longer than people think. Um, but, uh, like, I, everything changes, and uh, I haven't seen enough this year to really see which direction the offense goes. But the first thing that hits my brain is a West Coast system. So the way I look at it, and this is my untrained football eye, this is me, and I, I do watch the All-22, so I try and watch and see, are, you know, was this a pass play where a guy was schemed open, or was this a pass play where, hey, line up and it's a one-on-one. You've got to win that. And I know the players love that opportunity, but sometimes it doesn't lead to success down in and down out. So here's what my untrained eye sees. Aaron Rodgers, five years ago, had weapons where you could spread them out and let it rip. Take your pick. Who are you going to cover? Who are you going to double? Who are you going to leave single covered? And that was winning offense. It was tempo. It was as many plays as possible. And the offensive talent was significant. Well, we know this now in the NFL. Injuries take a toll. And... You know, beyond winning one-on-one matchups, it, it seems like the second reaction, the Aaron out of the pocket, let's make something happen sort of magic is, is still a part of the Packers' offense. 
And I don't know if that's so ingrained in Rodgers and so natural and where he's so comfortable or if that's kind of you know what, what coach is telling him to do. Hey, get out of the pocket, extend the plays, we trust you. But it seems to me that when injuries occur and there are rookies in place of veterans in the offense, that's where that chemistry really is critical. And I can't help but think some of the clunkiness in the Packers' offense right now is, is still being overly reliant on the second reaction play with rookie wide receivers. Am I seeing that wrong? I think you raised a few good points there, Greg. And, and you know, a couple of things I failed to mention when you talked about the offense. And, and really, truly, the offense was always at its best when, when you had tempo. I mean, I can think of a lot of different games where, you know, we were at a kind of a traditional huddle, and then by halftime, maybe you were down, or maybe the offense was a little stagnant and you'd go no huddle. And that always used to, it felt like jumpstart our offense. And I always think Aaron was, that was a huge strength of his because he's been in the same offense for so long, but you know, he's got a photographic memory and he's had so many plays in that system and has seen so many looks that I always thought the faster we were going, the more of an advantage it was for us because he could process things so much faster um, than, than, than the opposing defense, than the opposing team's coordinator. Um, and I think that was a good point by you is the tempo. And then also, like you said, the extended plays is obviously for any Packer fan that's been watching a huge part of their offense. Um, and it's interesting because you, you raise a good point that that stuff does have to be practiced. Um, you know, going from having spent three years in Green Bay and then going to India, I'll use that as an example. I remember our first training camp there and, you know, someone jumps off sides and I'm clapping my hands for the center to snap the ball or, um, or like, or you break the pocket and kind of guys are kind of not knowing exactly where to go. Typically you want to have a guy in the, in the short, in the intermediate and deep. So there's proper spacing and, and a quick reaction quicker than the defense reacts. And uh, like you said, that stuff has to be practiced. It doesn't just um, happen overnight. So, um, I, there probably could be an element of that of guys' experience that understand. I mean, it was no secret in the red zone. You know, if the first or second guy weren't open, you were extended the play. But you know, the receivers had that same time clock, which is a big part of the deal. You you never catch them standing around because you in that offense for so long that you see that like those. I don't know if you want to call them like recess plays, especially on the red zone. Those were some of our best. Uh, successes so guys were in tune with bam the minute he breaks the pocket to get open um but like i said there's probably a lot that goes into it true or false andrew luck looks like the lead character in a civil war reenactment play who never breaks character <laughs> true i i am lucky to have played with andrew on that shoot i'm you know played with rivers alex smith aaron and andrew and and those guys were all awesome individuals. I mean, yeah, they're some of the best. I'd, you know, three out of the four will probably end up in the Hall of Fame. Um, but uh, great guys and great preparation. I mean, those will be that'll be the biggest takeaway from my career. Honestly, is something I'll tell my kids is the stories of playing with those guys. It would, <laughs> maybe a sad way, but the truthful way is it's not going to be any stories from my own career, from my own personal <laughs> playing. It's going to be from those guys that I played with. Give me one behind-the-scenes story about you and Aaron and, and how he proved to be a great leader to you or did something that made you feel like you, you belonged, even though you knew you belonged. I'm sure there's always 
those days where you doubt your abilities, but give me a behind the scenes story about you and Aaron and, and how that relationship developed. Yeah, it's tough to tough to pick one. I mean, for three years. I mean, it, it started with you know he broke his collarbone the first year I was there. I was on the practice squad, you know, and then the next week Seneca Wallace goes down on the first series, so I'm all of a sudden thrown to the mix. Uh, basically, eight weeks there, hadn't had a training camp, and you know, I remember him staying after practice with me to go over the practice script and giving me his um, little kind of cheat codes on each of the plays which he certainly didn't have to do, uh, but went out of his way to do that for me. Then from a leadership standpoint, I mean, after, after every practice, you'd, ha- you'd be in meetings with, you know, it would be pretty much the passing game together. So you'd have the quarterbacks, the receivers, uh, sometimes the running backs, um, and also the tight ends. And, you know, I thought Aaron was an awesome leader, the way he involved everybody. I mean, he used to pretty much run those meetings after practice, and it wasn't the thing that was unique was Aaron was not a dictator in those meetings saying, this is how it has to be. You know, he would involve guys um, in like an example would be, Hey, you know, Jordy, how would you, if you were Devonta here, who was maybe who was a rookie at the time, how would you run this route? You know? So instead of it just being, Oh, this is Aaron and this is the way it has to be. It was okay. Let me try to involve two of my guys and let's make this a conversation uh, that was always really impressive to me. Um, and then at the same time, I mean, we had a lot of fun. Like, you know, the, the quarterback tests that were made legendary uh, by Aaron and Matt Flynn when I got there, uh, we used to have a blast with that on Fridays. You know, everything from game plan questions to, you know, pop culture. Uh, and I mean, I never had more fun playing football than my three years in Green Bay. Really great stuff, Scott. I've kept you longer than I anticipated, but uh, always great to connect and uh, really good stuff. Thanks for taking us behind the curtain a little bit, man. Appreciate it. No problem, Greg. Sounds good, man. We'll talk to you down the road. Good luck with your grad class. Let you know. If, uh, let us know if you need any assistance. Okay. Well, that would be illegal if I had <laughs> well, you doing my grad school work. Well, so. I'm not going to do it for my research. The, uh, I mean, I can do something for you. <laughs> yeah, Sounds no good, problem. man. Awesome to Thanks connect. Th- Thanks, Scott.